Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, fam. This episode is one that I have talked about, honestly, like a handful of times now on my page, just in a varying different amount of ways. Did that even make sense? Well, whatever. I've talked about it a lot, whether it be on Instagram stories, in episodes I've mentioned it, but recently it has kind of come back and become more... I guess of like top of mind and topical. And when I shared that I was struggling with them currently on Instagram, I got so many messages of people being like, thank you so much for sharing this. I'm dealing with this now too. And it's so confusing. And I don't think people talk about it as often as we experience them, which I'll get into why I think the reasoning of that is. So we're going to talk about intrusive thoughts and just where I'm at with them and like my experience and what has helped and what I'm trying to do. And then I think the goal would be to one day get like a professional on here who can kind of walk through more of like, this is why they're happening. This is the, not science, I guess science, I don't know, more intellectual information around it rather than just my experience. Because obviously I can only share my experience. But what I will say is I just want to put a few disclaimers. It is beyond obvious by now that I'm not a doctor, but I want to share this in just a reminder that if you're feeling these things, you are not alone and many people experience them as well. However, I do always recommend, I'm a big proponent of professional help, whether it be a therapist, a psychiatrist, whatever modalities help you. I'm also going to share certain things that help me. One of those things being medication. I'm going to talk about my medication and how I've kind of gone up and down with dosages and all of that. And obviously it's not something you can do without a doctor. So that's kind of clear, but obviously seek guidance from a medical professional. So let's chat about intrusive thoughts. And also just sidebar, I hope this isn't echoey in here. Because as I lean more into solo episodes, thank you all so much for the feedback. I really appreciate it. I'm trying to build out more of like a studio in my office because as I get more and more pregnant and quite honestly, just in general for solo episodes, it's easier to do them at home. And then especially as we're navigating maternity leave and all of that, this is just so much easier. But my office is very echoey. So I ordered like all this stuff. And I'm going to build out this whole corner. I've got this whole plan, but we're only halfway there right now. So I'm hoping this helps, but it still might be a little echoey. So thank you for bearing with me. And the other sidebar is I get so goddamn out of breath being pregnant right now talking. And these episodes are me just like talking to a wall for 30 to 45 minutes straight. So it's a lot 
physically, which is comical. So if you feel like I'm out of breath, it's because I am and it's because I'm growing a human. So that is why I did not just run up five flights of stairs. Now let's get into it. Come on in, take a seat. Okay, shit you not. I don't know what is happening in my brain right now, but I am sitting here with my microphone and then I have a iced coffee that I went to get. I have not had like my treat yourself coffee in so long from my favorite place in town. And today I was just like, fuck it. I need it. I had a doctor's appointment, so I stopped and got it and I'm so excited. But either way, I went to like I wanted a sip and I just full blown put my mouth all over this goddamn microphone and tried to suck as if it was a straw. That sounded dirtier than I meant it to. But you know, when you have two things in your hand and you go to eat the wrong one, that's what just happened. Okay. In general, I think this conversation should start just discussing anxiety. And as you know, well, if you're new here, hi, welcome. I'm an anxious person. But if you're not new here and you've been either a listener of the show or you're part of the FFM on social media, you know that I'm an anxious girly. And one of the things that really triggers my anxiety is overstimulation. And I just feel like I need to share this story, even though it doesn't have to do with intrusive thoughts. I had the most overstimulating experience recently. That was like, when I sat down to tell my therapist, she was laughing so hard with me, not at me, but was like, this is literally a movie scene. And I know it sucked in the moment, but now it's funny to laugh back at, which I agree with. And when I shared this, so many of you were like, why does this always happen? I was at the vet. Okay. Charlie has had this injury and it's like continuously ongoing. Hopefully by the time this episode releases, it's healed, but who the hell knows at this point. So he's been in a cone because he's attacking his paw and the cone is already just like wildly overstimulating for me and just annoying. Like, you know how there's that like feeling of if you step in water with a sock, that's like the thing that will send you over the edge. For me, it's the cone. When he's wearing the cone and he bangs into me or bangs into Liam or bangs into something else, obviously I feel so badly that he's injured and hurt and it makes me sad. But the cone makes me want to lose my shit. So I never would typically do this, but we didn't have childcare. We had to do an emergency vet appointment. And so I brought Liam with me. So we're sitting in this office and it's already an overstimulating experience because Liam's asking me all these questions. Charlie's losing his goddamn fucking mind because he turns into like a hyper and anxious person, the sec or dog, the second we enter the vet. I'm also on always high alert because he's very leash reactive. So I don't want him reacting to another dog if we're there, whatever. Then Liam decides to take a shit. So they take <laughs> Charlie to the back. I'm like trying to rush to change Liam's diaper on this little fucking chair. I am in a full sweat. Liam's like trying to touch everything. I'm like, let's keep our hands to herself, whatever. We finish the appointment. We go into the waiting room. So now I'm on extra high alert of other dogs and it's tight quarters. It's so hot in there. Liam's begging me to like sit on this windowsill, acting as if it's a bench. He's like also asking me all these questions. He's talking to his dinosaur. Charlie is banging into legitimately everything in this waiting room with his cone. I'm trying to like tighten the cone. He's losing his goddamn mind. The person at the cashier checkout, whatever, like desk is trying to check me out and being like, do you have any questions? Okay, so this is what you need to do, blah, blah, blah. 
There is a man sitting in the chair in the waiting room. And it's always, I'm sorry, but a lot of you say this in my DM, so I feel confident saying this. This always happens to me, but only with men. It is only men who are like unable to read the room in these situations. And I don't think this has ever happened to Joe as the like the person being bothered. I just think it's a male thing to insert themselves and ask all of these goddamn questions to females who are way too overstimulated to be dealing with another person. This guy's just sitting there. He doesn't even have his dog with him because his daughter is with the dog in the room. He's probably like 50s. And he just looks at me, sees everything that's happening. And, you know, look, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. First, he was like, oh, do you want to take my chair? Because there was another chair next to him. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We're not going to be here for long. But then he's like, so how old is your dog? And I'm like, uh, like he's about to be three. I couldn't even think. And then, of course, the woman at the checkout was like, actually, in our records, it shows he's about to be four. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's about to be four, whatever. Like, I'm sorry, I don't even know what year it is right now. And then he's like, what kind of dog is he? Does he get along with your son? How old is your son? How are, how do they play together? What happened to your dog? What happened to his phone? Why is it wrapped? I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Read the room. I cannot take another conversation at this time. And I don't honestly know what to do in this situation. My therapist was like, personally, I've gotten really good at saying, I'm sorry, I can't have a conversation right now. And maybe that's what I should have said. I feel like I was giving off that vibe and it was very clear, but maybe not. Anyway, that overstimulation is like one of the biggest anxiety triggers for me. And I share this because A, a lot of you resonated in my DMs when I shared this story, but B, overstimulation for me is something that like puts me in this fight or flight kind of mode that is comparable in different ways to how I feel when I have intrusive thoughts. You guys know I am always sharing my favorite parenting finds and Liam's favorite toys. And I'm so excited to share a new one with you all because it has become a big part of our daily play and routine. The Marble Run and Art Easel from KiwiCo is one of our latest obsessions and boy, is it amazing. This convertible kid-sized easel provides so many ways to play and we are all in love with it. There is a marble run game board with 35 track pieces and spinners to build all sorts of machines. And then on the other side is an artist studio with a reversible chalkboard and whiteboard panel with built-in paint cup and art trays. We have hours in our living room stocked with tons of colored chalk options to really let his imagination run wild. I love KiwiCo because they are redefining the future of play by making it engaging, enriching, and seriously fun. As someone who gets somewhat overwhelmed shopping for their child, the KiwiCo website is so easy to navigate. You can filter by age, choose whether you want the monthly subscription boxes shipped or to purchase individual crates, and explore new subjects with curated collections. Do your part to encourage your children to be innovators and creative thinkers. They will not believe what they can build and accomplish with KiwiCo. By giving them the tools to learn new skills and build new experiences, you can watch them tackle projects and see their confidence grow right in front of your eyes. Redefine learning with play and explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at kiwico.com with code Cameron. That's 50% off your first month with promo code Cameron at kiwico.com. Every once in a while, I will hear a story about something someone else accomplished during their pregnancy and just be utterly blown away. And that is how I felt when I heard about Kat Schneider, who started Ritual during her pregnancy because she couldn't find a prenatal vitamin that she could trust. I can't imagine starting a company from scratch to begin with, but nonetheless, pregnant, freaking remarkable. I will tell you though, I'm forever grateful 
that her pregnancy led her there because I'm such a big fan of ritual. For my first pregnancy, I remember scouring the internet and asking my doctor a handful of questions when trying to find the best prenatal option. I tried so many. Some tasted awful, some made me feel so sick, and some I couldn't even stomach. That is until I tried Ritual's Essential for Women prenatal multivitamin. From the first day, I never looked at another option. And of course, with this pregnancy, it was a no-brainer for which prenatal I was going to take. I love Ritual's prenatal multivitamin because it is made with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms so that you can trust what you're putting in your body when it matters most. It has vegan omega-3 DHA to support baby's brain development during pregnancy and a delayed release capsule designed for optimal absorption. But what I love the most is the citrus or mint essence capsules that leave an enjoyable taste both after taking it and when the inevitable post-pill burp happens. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was built on trust so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 20% off during your first month. Visit ritual.com slash foodie to start Ritual or add Essential Woman for Prenatal to your subscription today. Hi guys, my name is Sarah Nicole and I am the host of the Papaya Podcast, where each week we dish out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom all through candid conversations in a very real and tangible way. I want everyone to know that they're not alone and that we share in these experiences called life. And sometimes when we get to know somebody else's story, it changes ours a little bit as well. So I want you to tune in with us on Mondays, subscribe, rate and review it and keep these conversations going with us. You can tune in behind the scenes at the Papaya Podcast and the Birds with Fire on Instagram as well. Can't wait to see you next week. So going back like years, I don't know. I have had anxiety like most of my life, but I don't think I ever really had intrusive thoughts that I can fully remember until having a kid. I always had like a few random moments where I called them like final destination thoughts before I knew the terminology intrusive thoughts because if you were like me and you grew up in the 90s, maybe you were like me where you were addicted to final destination movies, which is such a weird obsession. But the concept of like thinking something's going to happen, seeing it happen, and then when it doesn't happen, being like, well, now it has to happen or I'm going to die another way. The ones that would happen the most would be like if we were driving, also I meant to put a trigger warning, I guess. Just I'm going to be sharing actual intrusive thoughts because I think it's helpful to give like a tan- not tangible, but clear example of what I'm referencing when I say these things. So just heads up for your own mental health. I am going to be sharing some of mine. So the biggest ones for me pre-children were like if you're driving, whether I'm in the passenger seat, the back seat, the driver's seat. If I ever saw this trucks with like the big lumbar wood, because that was a scene in Final Destination, I'm like, that thing's going to fly off and completely impale me. But that was more like comparable to the exact movie. The other one I had was weirdly around driving where if there's like a median or something, not a median necessarily, but you know how on some highways, it's almost a median that comes up to like the window of your car. It's like a cement wall, but it's not a full wall. Whatever that is, I hate driving next to them because the entire time my brain is like, just swerve, see what happens. Swerve right in, swerve into it, do it, you won't. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to swerve into this cement medium, but that's exactly where my brain is going. 
Another one is like sometimes if I'm on a really high thing, it's like, what would happen if I just jumped? What if I just like stepped off of this? And I, I realize that there there's a clear distinction. I want to be very clear of like suicidal thoughts, which is not what I'm experiencing, intrusive thoughts, and then also impulsive thoughts. And I think the latter two get con- like misconstrued a lot on social media where impulsive thoughts would be like, I want to dye my hair purple and going to dye your hair purple. Like that's not an intrusive thought, which some people will say on social media or like I had an impulsive thought to throw this egg at the fridge and I did it. That's impulsive. Intrusive is like usually around the concept of like either hurting someone or hurting yourself, something really horrific happening and then not acting on it. So I also have heard the term of like, what is it called? I just tried to Google it and I can't figure it out. And now I'm scared that my Google search is going to like look pretty freaky if anyone finds it based on what I was typing. But it's something, I mean, I don't know if this is a real term, but Dak Shepard sometimes will refer to it as like something about the thought of darkness or leaning into darkness. I forget. If you remember, if you listen to the show, please comment on the post promoting this episode or DM me. But anyway, it's kind of like that. Or if someone says something's really hot, it's like, well, now I want to touch it. So those type of thoughts were what I experienced. But then after having a child, there was this whole new world of intrusive thoughts that were unfortunately untapped. And I talked about this in the episode with my good friend, Emily Donato, which I know a lot of you have listened to and sent incredible feedback on. And I so appreciate it. I'll link in the show notes. It's an older one where we talk about postpartum anxiety. And I believe I also talked about it in the episode with the Freckled Foodie family member, Michelle, which I'll also link in the show notes. But for me, it was this very confusing experience where after having Liam being in the throes of postpartum, and it was especially like very early stages of postpartum. And this is where I don't love saying these things because it they sound very dark and I don't ever want it to come across as there were things that I wanted to do because they were not. And I think that's why so many of us specifically when – It happens with postpartum and around your child. You feel a lot of shame. I know I did because it's like, I don't want people to think I want to do this because I absolutely don't. But my brain just goes here where it was like if I was holding him, if I walked through a doorway or something like that, I would envision his head smacking against the door. Or if I was holding him on a marble or wooden floor, I would envision dropping him or oh, the idea of when I would walk downstairs with him. It's like, well, what if I just threw us down the stairs or like threw him off the railing, like horrific things. And they were so vivid. One that a lot of people experience in postpartum and actually Joe experiences as well. So it's not just the birthing person is having these thoughts in the middle of the night where I'd wake up convinced that he was in the sheets and that I had fallen asleep, even though we didn't co-sleep, that I had somehow fallen asleep with him in our bed and was wrapped in the sheets and those things. So it was a lot rooted in anxiety. And I talked about it with my psychiatrist. I talked about it with many of my friends. Some of them had experienced them, specifically the sheet one. Some of them hadn't. You know, we all have different postpartum experiences, especially when it comes to our mental health. And we decided to increase my dosage of medication around this time because I also was struggling with postpartum depression. And the thoughts definitely 
started to go away. They got a little better. It just kind of gradually disappeared a bit. It would still happen every once in a while. Another one, big one, was driving when I was in the car postpartum, like when we would go to the beach over the weekends that summer. If I was sitting, well, I was always sitting in the back seat, like next to him, I could not really look up or around on the highways or even talk to Joe. Like I would sit there in utter silence, like kind of trying to close my eyes or just concentrate on my legs or on Liam because all I would envision is us railing into another car or something. And eventually they got better. And I felt like I had control over the situation. What has been very surprising to me that I know a lot of you have also struggled with based on conversations in my DMs is that they have come back with a vengeance since becoming pregnant the second time. And I expected them to happen during postpartum because I was like clearly just evidence-based. That's how my brain works. It's something I should just be aware of, you know, like prepare myself, all of those things. I did not expect that during this second pregnancy, I would have an uptick in these thoughts and have them focus on Liam. If anything, I was thinking maybe like if if I were to have them during this pregnancy, it'd be like, oh, around myself in the protectiveness of the baby growing inside of me, right? Like if something happens to me, it will therefore greatly impact this unborn child. That would have made more sense to me, but they are completely manifesting around Liam. So here is what this kind of looks like. And this will be very specific to each person. And after numerous therapy sessions of trying to unpack this, it is so clear that mine is very deeply and intricately tied to, I guess, some like unresolved PTSD trauma of my own. Because for me, what it is, is we will be doing something and... I will immediately think in my head, he is going to fall and smack his head and break his skull open. And like, I had been feeling these kind of fester. My my anxiety has been heightened in general because it always is with pregnancy for me personally. And I had been feeling a little just like on edge. And I had noticed a few of these pop into my head, but kind of disregard them as, oh, this is navigating life with the toddler. He's way more mobile. He's taking more risks. You know, he's had falls. So that's where my head goes to. I just get nervous and cautious and all of those things. And simultaneously, I try very hard not to be a helicopter parent. And I don't think I am. It's something I work on deeply where I literally sometimes have to sit on my hands because I don't want to make him a more cautious or timid person. And so I was sitting at my parents' beach house, I guess now a month ago, and we're all around the pool. And I had been swimming with him, but then I got out and, you know, obviously the pool in general, you have to be hyper aware. And so I'm extra cautious. And that I'm sure played into it as well. But he's now in the pool with my parents. And this is also, I'm a bit of not, I think my recovering control freak, but when it does come to him, There are certain things that I like to do because I'm like, well, for instance, with swim, like I'm the one that goes to the swim classes with him. And yes, I feel comfortable and confident having Joe do it because he's gone to class with him as well. And he's been a part of it. But like my parents obviously haven't gone to a swim class with him. They don't know the exact 
methodologies or things or skills that we're trying to implement or bad habits we're trying to avoid, et cetera. So already I was trying to just calm myself a little bit and be like, let them experience this with him. Let him have fun. Not everything has to be a lesson and serious and whatever. So I'm sitting on the like pool chair and my sister is next to me and we're just sitting there talking, but I'm obviously like playing paying close attention as well to him. And there is like a three step to get into the pool and it's on a corner and it's a concrete side of the pool. And so he's sitting on the step and kind of like leaning in, jumping off to my dad. So he's in the water, jumping into the water. And I was watching it and I would think that most people watching it would be like, this is such a cute experience to watch with my son and my father and my mom and what wonderful bonding he's having with his grandparents and this is so adorable and what a cute video this would make, those types of things. And all of those things are very true. For him, I mean, who knows if kids even remember anything this early on. I don't think they do, which is also so sad to think about. But for him, I'm sure it was so much fun, enjoyable. I know my parents were having fun, whatever. All I could think about in my brain was he is going to stand up to jump, fall, and knock himself unconscious on the side of this pool and drown. And it was so intense for me that I had to cover my head with a towel and turn to my sister and be like, I I cannot physically watch this. I don't want to stop this because I know they're having fun and this is an experience for them. And I'm not going to let my anxiety control my life like that. But I have to remove myself from the situation because all I'm envisioning is my child dying right now. And it's such a fucked up thing to feel and to grapple with mentally because you're like, why is this where my brain goes? And then to fight off because your body instantaneously goes into fight or flight mode, or mine does, where I want to react, I want to do something, I want to protect, obviously. And also just fear of like, why are these dark thoughts happening to me? And then what do I do? And a few of you messaged me when I said that like, I find it's really helpful to say them out loud as I did to my sister in that moment, as I did to my parents afterwards, as I did to Joe afterwards, just being like checking in, like, where was your brain observing this? Because my brain was here. And for him, he's like, look, I don't struggle with the mental health struggles that you deal with. I don't have the intrusive thoughts that you have. So I was watching it and thinking it was cute. However, as a parent, I still was thinking like, oh shit, I hope he doesn't fall. And I think there is this difference of being a protective parent and cautious, obviously, of just aware of your surroundings and the chance that something could happen of, oh, I hope he doesn't fall versus he is going to fall and literally visually seeing it in your brain so graphically. And that was when I had an appointment with my therapist the next week. I was like, okay, I think they've gone a little out of control because this was debilitating for me. And I talked with my psychiatrist and she did make it seem like this is somewhat common for pregnant people because A, there's like this intense situation happening with your hormones. So your hormones are on haywire. B, you are just naturally protective in general because you're kind of in this like mama bear phase while growing this other human. And C, one thing that my therapist said was, I do feel this lack of not control right now, but 
I just feel physically not myself and I'm not as fast as I typically am. I'm not as strong as I typically am. I feel this delay. And so she thinks that maybe it's my brain like working through that of feeling this lack of ability to stop things if they were to happen. And then D, most importantly, when I was telling her this, she was like, okay, can you provide me with some other examples? And we got Liam that like electric car that I've posted about a lot. And we have so much fun with it in the backyard. And he's, you know, we control it on the remote. And never once do I have any of these thoughts when we're in the backyard. But the second we went on our driveway, which is cement, I'm like, he's going to fly out of this thing and smash his head on the cement. Or when he's scootering around our house, never once do I think about it. it. I'm fine. Literally do not have an intrusive thought happen. But then when he will scooter in our driveway or we'll go over to our neighbors a lot and like he'll go on her bike, their daughter or their scooter. And I'm like, he's going to fall right off that and crack his head. And so it became very clear to me that for me personally, it's all about his head smashing onto concrete. And so it's never, oh, he's going to fall and break his arm or hurt his foot or any of those things. It's all very vividly around his head and concrete. And that is so clear for me personally to be a trigger of what I guess the most traumatic event of my recent life was, which is my car accident because my head was smacked on concrete and I suffered from a back concussion and it really deeply impacted me. And maybe I just haven't fully worked through like my trauma response or there's some PTSD there or whatever, but it's definitely the root cause of a lot of these thoughts. In this episode, I chat a lot about some mental struggles I'm facing as a parent and navigating my intrusive thoughts because my mind can truly run wild sometimes. But one of my absolute favorite ways to picture Liam, both in my brain and in reality, is running around our house in the morning in his pajamas with a smile on his face. Truly, there's nothing that makes me happier or a better way to start my day. There is just something about a toddler in a matching pajama set that makes my heart melt. Lately, we have been loving the Dreamland Baby Lux Weave Bamboo Pajama Sets. Specifically, we have the two-piece Dream Pajama Set in the gray star design, and I really don't think I've seen anything cuter in my life than Liam waddling around our kitchen drinking his milk in them in the morning. I know there are a ton of pajamas for kids on the market right now, but we have been loving these as they are ultra soft, comfortable, and cute. The proprietary Luxwe fabric is custom milled from premium, breathable, and sustainable viscose from bamboo. It results in a product with buttery softness that is also naturally moisture wicking and breathable, and of course, machine washable. Plus, they have a non-negotiable for me in their one pieces, and that is a two-way zipper that makes for a fuss-free diaper change. And if you have a little one, you will love that the Dreamland Baby Luxweave Bamboo Pajamas come with their innovative dream cuffs, so they prevent scratching and keeping their hands and feet cozy as you simply just pull them over their fingers and toes to eliminate the need for additional booties or mittens for newborns. Exclusive discount for Freckle Foodie and Friends listeners. Head to dreamlandbabyco.com and use code Cameron at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Visit dreamlandbabyco.com for more information or follow them on Instagram at dreamlandbabyco. 
Coming off a long weekend, I am always looking to replenish myself. Typically when vacationing, I am just staying up later, skipping routines, and quite honestly, drinking less water. One of the ways I make sure to do so is with Element, which helps me replenish electrolytes. Whether you overdid it this past weekend, are pregnant like me, working out a ton, or just trying to keep an active lifestyle, replenishing electrolytes is super important. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't, which means a lot of salt with no sugar. This product contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, which is 100 milligrams sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, and 60 milligrams magnesium with none of the junk like coloring, artificial ingredients, and other BS additives. Personally, I am a huge fan of the citrus salt, especially if it's served cold over ice because is there anything better during the summer? But I really love all of the flavors and most importantly, they all get the job done. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash Cameron. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to drinklmnt.com slash Cameron. Plus, Element offers no questions asked refunds. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, they will literally give you your money back, no questions asked, so you honestly have nothing to lose. I recently posted a video about how we made breakfast for dinner per Liam's request, and you all were blowing up my DMs over how delicious the scrambled eggs looked. And let me tell you, you were not wrong. They were freaking amazing. One of my favorite parts about summertime is having slower mornings and making breakfast more of an experience than like a rushed part of our day. Especially at the beach with my family, I love having everyone in the kitchen, sitting around the island, and enjoying their breakfast while talking about what we did last night or what we want to do for the day. We recently had friends staying over and their kids requested their favorite breakfast, which they call Papa's eggs because their grandfather makes them for them. And it is basically just a version of scrambled eggs with the sriracha and the cheese mixed in prior to scrambling. Easy. Absolutely. Delicious. Heck yes. You know what makes this process even more seamless and enjoyable? Caraway cookware. Let me tell you, once you make scrambled eggs on a caraway pan, you will never want to go back to anything else. The cleanup is so much easier thanks to the naturally slick surface and it helps make the most delicious slow scrambled eggs. We are now big on Papa's eggs. Plus, their high-quality ceramic-coated kitchenware is free of PTFE, lead, and other toxic materials, and they come in the most beautiful colorway options. With cookware, bakeware, storage, and tea kettles to choose from, there is something for everyone. Visit carawayhome.com Cameron to get 10% off during their summer refresh event. Certain exclusions apply. That's carawayhome.com slash Cameron or use code Cameron at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. So my psychiatrist recommended that for the time being, we increase my dosage a little bit of my sertraline, which is generic Zoloft, which I've been on since my first pregnancy, through my first pregnancy, through postpartum, through the whatever it was, almost two years between getting pregnant again and this pregnancy thus far. Last time I increased my dosage during pregnancy as well, honestly around this similar timeline, maybe it was a little later, and then again in postpartum. And I went into this pregnancy expecting to potentially increase the dosage because I know that that's a common thing during pregnancy, not only with 
everything that's happening in your life and your hormones, but also just your body's ability to, to retain water and how that might impact medication dosages. So I was aware of that. And I was at a pretty low dosage going into this pregnancy because I had weaned off a little bit beforehand. But it has definitely been helping. But I ops, like I absolutely still have these heightened fears of anxiety specifically around him. And another thing is like we were just in the Poconos, right, with Joe's family. And we get out there and on our way out there, it was like an hour or something drive. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere, the place that we were staying at this rental house. And the last like 10 minutes we're driving and I'm noticing like, okay, we're a little bit in the middle of nowhere. Like the town had three, four shops. Like it's not a bustling area or community in my opinion. And then we're in the backyard and it rained for a decent amount of the weekend. So we spent a lot of time on this like covered patio. And then even the backyard patio was all cement. And so within the first like half hour, we're playing on this patio the kids are like obsessed with touching the rain from underneath the patio, all of these things. And immediately I'm like, he's going to crack his head this weekend. And I then start panicking because I'm like, how far away are we from the hospital? Do I get cell phone service out here? Is this going to be the weekend where the tragedy happens and I can't do anything about it? And I'm then, I didn't even tell Joe this, like I'm then looking up hospitals, pediatric, like that type of thing, urgent cares in the surrounding area to see how far we are from one. And and maybe that's something that like we should just be doing as parents. Honestly, I guess it doesn't hurt. Like maybe these intrusive thoughts are just helping me be prepared. I don't know. But it was just behavior that I'm not accustomed to. And I notice even, for instance, I'm spending a full day in the city and then Joe's coming in to meet me and we have a family dinner and we are having someone new put Liam down like and watch him at night because my parents will be with us. Joe's parents are not home and our our regular like nanny sitter is unable to come. So someone who like I trust but has never done bedtime and I am having so much anxiety around him like being okay. And that isn't even medically. It's more just like I want him to feel safe. I I don't know. And it's still stuff I'm really working through. But this entire experience of these last five months, I guess, of my pregnancy have been very eye-opening in the fact that I'm having these feelings and anxieties and intrusive thoughts surrounding around my son, who's now over two, where I thought this had kind of passed once I got through those dark stages of postpartum, and I guess it hasn't fully passed. And I know a lot of you have experienced similar things. So things I'm doing to try and help, generally, I'm just trying to keep my anxiety lowered as much as I can, because I do notice when I'm overstimulated or when I'm overwhelmed or when there's just a lot happening, I feel like I'm at this heightened level. And that's when these thoughts are kind of finding their way in. So for me, that looks like obviously my medication is to help me get to a like baseline. But then I'm meditating daily still. I'm journaling. I'm not doing a good job at it, but I want to consume less social media. Reading for me is like the best thing to get me out of my own head because I notice when 
I have all of this time, not that I ever feel like I have time, but when my brain can go 10,000 places, it's best for me to try to hone in on one thing. And that involves doing something where like my hands are tied up specifically. So that's reading because my hands are in the book or, you know, when I was working on Liam's photo album, doing some form of crafting, I want to like try and do coloring again or something like that, because that really helps me. But that's just generally trying to keep myself out of that like fight or flight. And obviously exercising is a big one for me, but that's more low intensity because I even notice when I used to do cardio or high intensity, I would get more into that feeling of uncertainty just throughout the day. And then when it comes to the actual intrusive thoughts, I really, for me, feel it's best to verbalize them because I do think that when we have thoughts, whether they're intrusive or negative or whatever, and we just keep them to ourselves, our brain becomes this like prison cell for the thoughts. And it's all we can focus on. We just continue to convince ourselves they're happening. And we feel so isolated. So for me, a lot of times it's saying them to Joe because he's usually the one that's with me most of these times. So just being like, oh my God, I'm having a really intrusive thought of X, Y, Z. And then also my therapist and I have been working on just reminding myself, like saying out loud, Liam is safe. Liam is okay. This is just a thought. This does not make it reality. Because it's really easy to convince ourselves that these thoughts are like absolutely going to happen. And feel like we're waiting for them to unfold. But when I remind myself, these are not real. This is not reality. This is just my brain doing something to me. These are just thoughts, okay? Like he is okay. He is safe. That helps me. I've also said this on my stories and I don't know, I have never been trained in like the tapping mentality of therapy, but I do sometimes find myself like tapping my brain, like my forehead, to just be like, snap out, snap out of it. This is not real. Like the physical touch is real, not the thought. So focus on the tapping of my head. And I know that there are professionals who work on that. I, my therapist is not, so that's not something that we've been working on, but I just taught myself doing it on my own and it helped me. So that's kind of where we're at now. I hope this episode in some way made you feel less alone and helped you work through some of your own stuff. I would love to hear what you're experiencing on this topic, how you're feeling, what has helped you. And I'll continue to share my journey as it unfolds, because I'm sure this will be a topic of conversation as I continue this pregnancy, but especially through this like second postpartum period. But I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, thank you for the support and allowing me this space to share these things that are sometimes and typically uncomfy, but are always received with open arms from this community. So thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. 
please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.